Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the driver's perspective with my friend, Dean Key. How's it going, Dean? Great. Glad to be here, Joe. I'm happy that you're here, too. So, Dean, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. My name is Dean Key. I work with Ruin Transportation, Holstein, Iowa, and I live in Primgar, Iowa. So, so is that a terminal that you work out of? It is. How far away is that from uh, Des Moines, where the headquarters is over there? Uh, roughly 150 miles. Which is like a hop, skip, and a jump for you, maybe. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, anyway, Dean, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights bef- before you joined Ruan. I grew up from uh, the great state of Wyoming, in the great state of Wyoming. I learned to drive in the family business. My cousin taught me how to drive. At 15, you told me. Yeah, I had got my car learner's permit and was uh, learning how to drive a truck. And at 16, I was driving every day after school and on the weekends. Did you get your CDL when you were 16? It was a Class A at that time, yes. So what's what's the difference between a Class A and a CDL? I don't even know. It's just different. Uh, You could get a Class A, B, and C back then, and it's still the same thing today. They just call it a commercial driver's license in general. So you could drive like an 18-wheeler at 16 years old back in the day. Yep, and I actually pulled Rocky Mountain Doubles. Wait, what, what is that? So a long, regular trailer, and then a short, we called it a pup, behind that. So two trailers. <laughs> Through the mountains. Through the mountains. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you're qualified. So how long have you been driving for? About 38 years. So how long have you been with Ruan? 26. Damn, they must be doing something right to keep you. I keep hearing about how drivers are moving to the next company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they've treated me real well. I, I, I have no complaints. Well, it's interesting. I think, you know, people listening to my podcast, a lot of people, you know, freight brokers, 3PLs, freight forwarders, you know, I, we don't always hear from the drivers. And I think, you know, that in the last few years, last 10 years, it seems, five years, whatever it is, there's more and more recognition that we have a driver shortage for a reason because we earn that driver shortage. We uh, don't always treat the guys driving the trucks the right way. And there's lots of challenges. And I know you've been at Ruan for 26 years. So I think that we'll talk a little bit about your experience because obviously that's working. But People are leaving the business. I think they're aging out, not, not you. But I heard the average truck driver some, somewhere in his 50s. And we're going to have a hard time attracting people if we don't do a better job getting those 20-somethings. Yeah, I agree. Boy, if, if, if 50-somethings the average driver, I'm getting close there. So. <laughs> but no, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, I don't think. But yes, I think we need to do a better job of, of attracting the younger crowd as well as as keeping keeping drivers you know driver retention well and this is the, 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 this speaks to also we have to do a better job of making this an attractive job 
you know, then we'll, talk, we'll get into some of these challenges. So I wrote some down and I know these are not challenges you necessarily live with every day, but you work for a company that's pretty good. But I know you, you've run across them and you talk to other people who are living with them. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, well, first off, before we get into that, what's, you, what's, your, what's your schedule like? Where, where do you pick up? Where do you drop off? Do you have like a regular schedule or are you kind of week to week on different loads? Yeah, so I'm out. I'm out weekly, or, or you know, most of the week, and I, I'm on a dedicated account, so I pick up at the same customer most all the time. What state is that? Where do you pick up at? It's in it's in Iowa. And then where do you drop? And then we run out and deliver to big box store lumberyard tech uh, companies. In what states? All of them. Uh, we, uh, oh, the, wow. the, the customer has the big box companies in most all the states. So you might drive to California one week and then the next week drive to New York? Our particular terminal, we stay Midwest. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of regional setup. So do you pick up like on a Monday morning and how, what's your schedule look like? Sunday, usually we pick up our loaded trailers. Uh, they're preloaded for us and uh, get to our first delivery for Monday morning, make our deliveries. Sometimes we'll be done quick and come back for a second load. Other times... The one load will take us most of the week. We'll pick up a, usually a backhaul to come right back into our customer and uh, be done Thursday, maybe Friday. So that when you say you could, so it could be I pick up in Iowa and I don't have to go far. So I could drop off in Iowa and come back the next day or even later that same day. Has that ever happened? Occasionally. Our, our outbound loads, though, are usually have, uh, they can have up to 22, 24 stops on them. And you can't do that in a day. So that, right, right, right. You know, so, so they get, you know, that, you know, that might take you two or three days to get that taken care of. So how many days a week are you sleeping in your own bed? Four to five. Okay, that works. Oh, in, in my own bed? Yeah. Oh, in my own bed. No, at home, two, probably. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And it's, yeah, though that's, that, that's a little tougher. So you, you, you have a, what do they call that? A sleeper, sleeper in the back? S- sleeper berth, correct. So that's where you sleep other nights? Yep. That's the four to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the four or five. So where do you typically park that thing? Truck stops or? I, I do. Of course, you could be at a rest area or, or oftentimes we'll be at a customer. You know, we can park in the customer's lot. So it just, kind of depends on what the situation calls for. So I want to talk a little bit. I want to walk through some, you know, we've, before we hit record, we were blabbing away and we we're talking about some of the, some of the challenges. And I know you don't run across every single one of them just because of the nature of working at uh, a pretty good company, a really good company. If they take away some of these because you have, it's a little better planned. So, but I still want to talk about this because this is, these are the things that cause these are some of the problems that cause the driver shortage and make the, well, it's not, not only make the driver sh- shortage, but I think it causes grief for the overall supply chain. And, you know, during COVID, I guess it probably just got worse. So the first thing I want to talk about is hours of service. Go. So could you describe what those hours of service, what you, what you're supposed to do, how that's supposed to work? Sure. So basically we get a, a 14 hour shift and we can be on duty 14 hours. Of that 14, we can drive 11. So what's the other three hours? Loading, unloading, taking care of your equipment, fueling, eating, just about, you know, everything that consumes your day. So let me ask this. So you, let's just say you drove 
14 hours. You said, hey, I'm at the end of my, the end of my time. And then um, you went and you said, I'm going to pull over this truck stop and I'm going to get some, some rest. And then you decided, oh, you know what? I want to run down the street and have dinner at this restaurant. And you drove your truck. Are you, are you uh, breaking the law at that point? I shouldn't say breaking the law. Are you violating hours of service? That you're, you're, you That's wouldn't a gray area. be. Yeah, <laughs> well, it kind of is. And I say that because it depends on whether or not your company allows you to have what's called personal conveyance. So you could, you could do just that. You know, you could, you could take your truck and go down and get something to eat and come right back to the same spot. And that is allowed in the regulations, but not all companies allow you to do that because it isn't, it is, can be a gray area. Right. So you're allowed to work 14 hour shift. By the way, my friend Dean Croak was on the podcast from uh, DAT. He said, he goes, think about this. He goes, 14 hours is the shift. He goes, which is basically twice as much as the average person is working. He says, just take that into account. (laughs) So, but but you're allowed of those 14 hours, you're only allowed to be actually driving for 11. Correct. And the others is, you know, waiting to be loaded or unloaded or all the clerical stuff that you guys have to deal with. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, I had mentioned, you know, if we do a lot of stops in a day, you know, that takes up some of that drive time. Right. Too. So, so you might work, you might actually be on duty eight hours and then, you know, only drive six. So is, is it best for you guys to be on the road the most? I mean, obviously what we want is the drivers driving, not, not sitting waiting, right? Right. Well, you know, the old adage is, is if that truck's not moving, it's not making money. And in today's world, that's still pretty true. Maybe it could be corrected to say it's making the most money when it's moving or the driver's making the most money when the truck is moving. Yep. So the next problem I, I, I hear about, and again, I know this isn't as big a problem maybe for you, but I know you you know about it, detention and delays. We'll talk about a little bit about that. So that, that I, I guess that's maybe one of the biggest complaints you hear when, when you talk to drivers. In my situation, we are, as far as the pay part of it goes, uh, Ruan does pay us for, for detention and delays, breakdowns and all of that. A lot of places, I mean, if you're an owner operator, you're not going to get paid for any of that. And it's, you know, the time comes out of your, your paycheck, so to speak, so that your pay rate's going down. Right. Yeah, and I think also, you know, I think this is where brokers, 3PLs, all all people who are, you know, booking this stuff can do a better job. You know, shippers and receivers too, do a better job at making sure that there isn't detention and delays. I, jo- I joke about it on my podcast, Dean, but I said it to you th- today before we hit record. If I got in my car and drove to Iowa to see you, we were going to go out to dinner, and I got there and you said, yeah, Joe, uh, just jump in the shower. I'll see you in about a half hour, 45 minutes. I'd be like... Screw you, Dean. I'm going to go egg your house. <laughs> right. I just drove eight hours, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and then and that happens. It's, it's also disrespectful. I mean, I understand delays happen, but some of it just feels disrespectful to me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, unfortunately, that happens. I mean, life happens, things happen, and, right. and delays delays are going to happen. But I think there's uh, can be a lot of work like you say, in the brokers and that end of it, as well as uh, shippers and receivers to minimize uh, those detention times. Right. And and again, those are the, also what can delay you from uh, 
screw up your hours of service, right? Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I joke about, I joked about it before we hit record, but I'm feel this way. I'm always kind of surprised you don't see more trucks just kind of sitting by the side of the road where somebody says, "Yeah, I ran out of hours." I mean, imagine there are truck stops though saying, "I ran out of hours." But you do hear you hear stories. If you're out and, and listening to drivers talk, you hear stories of drivers running out of hours at, at weird places. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of times they're not in a place where they can park, and so they're forced to to drive on a little ways to to find a place to park. And I think this is the the, the challenge is it's not something they did. <laughs> you know, it's, it's right. somebody else. Somebody else wasn't ready. You know, there was miscommunication or lack of communication somewhere else. And as a result, somebody's, uh, you know, inconvenience at a minimum, but wasting their time and maybe maybe taking a bite out of their pocketbook too. Right. And it, it definitely does that. As far as getting caught in a bad spot, I mean, you, you constantly got to replan and, and be ready to replan. You know, we I start out the week or the day with a plan in mind and, as soon as a, a one hour delay or, or a delay happens of any, you got to replan. You got to replan. It's just that simple. Yeah, there's that old there's that old military adage that the no battle plan survives the first shot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. So the next uh, thing I wanted to talk to you about is health. I know. Um, I know when we were talking uh, before we hit record, I said, I know health is a concern because you're driving. I would joke about it, but it's no joke. I drove eight hours over to Milwaukee and man, I was sore. <laughs> like I have to get out and stretch. My back was sore. I don't even have a bad back. And I was like, this is not good for me. Yeah. You know, it's recommended that you get out ever so often and, and stretch or take a quick walk or whatever you need to do. I mean, uh, but we're also supposed to do legally, we're supposed to stop and do load checks and that's a great time to to stretch out a little bit. Wait, what is a load check? So just stop, and it's more so for the flatbed side of things, open cargo. But any cargo that you can visually see. Uh, make sure it's all strapped down, right? Just making sure it's not moving, not falling off the trailer. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a good time to walk around the truck a time or two, stretch your legs. Yeah, and I think also part of that health is, and I know it's changing. I, when I travel, I always stop at truck stops. And uh, it used to be you know, truck stops were always kind of attached to greasy spoons, right? right. And, you know, <laughs> not the healthiest fare for sitting in a car for <laughs> 10 hours a day. So I, I joked, I saw like an apple at one of those places. I was like, oh, we got fruit. And I was like, this is like last year's apple. <laughs> but I know there's more and more healthier food at those. Do you hear drivers talk about health issues related to driving? Uh, we do, and the the healthier healthier food is options are getting better. Um, they're still not fantabulous, but they're getting better. But sure, you you hear just in talking with drivers in general that that they're concerned about their health, and 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 a lot of the issue is there weren't options for us to gain the knowledge maybe to take care of ourselves. And and those options are getting far better and and aimed at truck drivers. Well, it needs to be. And again, you don't have the you don't have the chance. I don't think that go to the gym. Obviously, you're you're not a member of every gym you stop at. And uh, I think you know you said go for a walk maybe. But uh, you know if you if you're 
spending the night at a truck stop. I don't know where. I mean, I guess there's those are normally near expressways, not not a scenic view necessarily. Right. Well, I won't lie. I hate walking, but it's it's my <laughs> biggest form of of, of fitness. Exercise I guess. Yeah, road. exercise. But if I mean, if all else fails, or if you're in an area where you don't trust the neighborhood, or whatever the case may be, just making laps inside the truck stop. You know, if you're if you're going to do it, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> You know, knowing how I am, I didn't up eating while I was there. <laughs> That's always. Well, I can't. I, I always can't say that. Don't I, ever I happen. <laughs> <laughs> I joke about going to my gym. The advantage of going to my gym is I would feel guilty bringing food there. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the next thing is, and I probably is related to health is like the sleep. How big a problem is sleep for truck drivers? Well, according to the regulations, you know, we have ten hours that we can. We can get our rest in and, and take care of, you know, ourselves and, and meals and all that. The, the bigger, for me anyway, one of the bigger issues is the noise around you. You know, it's it's a it's a new place every time. So, do you sleep good during those new noises? And I don't. I think the answer for anybody is probably not. So, so how do you handle that? But we and we this have is also the time. related to parking. True. Exactly that. You park in a bad place, or maybe you got to park on the side of a hill. <laughs> right. So if you're not parking somewhere where you're comfortable, I imagine it's not easy saying, I'm going to sleep, <laughs> right? Right. And if there's a ton of noise, yeah. By the way, like I, I joke about this, but if I go stay at a hotel the first first night, I don't sleep well the first night. Second night, I sleep all right. Just it's just because I'm not used to the environment, and you know I think it's important also. Like, and we have to figure out these things better because again, we want everybody who's driving a truck to say, "I got a good night's rest." Mm-hmm. And I, I know there's you know some companies that popped up that said, "Hey, we're going to help you get you know better parking, and it's going to be secure." And I think also this is one of the reasons we don't have women in this space. They don't want to go somewhere where they don't feel safe. Not that guys do, but women are even more likely to say no thanks to an unsafe environment. Right. I agree with you. And, and, and I believe it's gotten better. There's still just areas, you know, you kind of find yourself stuck in once in a while and you need to, you need to try to get some sleep and, you know, it's just, you're uneasy. You, you don't sleep hard. Right. You got one eye open. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. I wake, I wake up hearing noises anyway. I'm at home. So, um, yeah. And again, I think that, that sleep is so important. And obviously the, the, and as you get older, it's harder to sleep. So I, you know, another problem I would have is when, if I'm driving eight hours, I would be drinking a lot of caffeine. And then, then when it's time to rest, I've just been drinking caffeine for the last eight hours. Yeah. So anyway, another issue I read about. Um, we talked a little bit about is this lack of home time is that how big a problem is that for the people in trucking and what it is do you think that's one of the reasons people get tired of it i think it can be an issue you know it, there are so many opportunities in trucking right now from from day jobs to regional you could be home every night right exactly so just leaving trucking because you're not home enough is 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 not a valid excuse in my opinion because there's opportunities out there Uh, you just need to find what fits what you need to do you know we talked briefly you know i'm i'm gone four or five and i think you to your point depending on where you're at in your life it it might not matter at all right right i worked night shift for years and i i liked it yeah (laughs) 
when I first started driving, our shifts, you know, when I was learning to drive, our shifts ran like from one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning till noon or so. And I liked that. It was, it was kind of weird. And, and it wasn't that nobody made us do that. That's just kind of what the drivers decided to do. Right. Right. So one of the other things, um, t- talk about the impact of like the ELD. So when the, you, you obviously always had hours of service. Now, how did you manage your hours of service prior to the ELD mandate? Well, for, for, for what I did, it's the hours of service have never really been a, a detriment, I guess, for, for the operation that never I got had. in the way. Right. It, it just kind of, it, it, it fit in. With the ELD, I will say, you know, there's times and 15 more minutes at the end of the day might might make a world of difference. But I don't know. I, I right quick made up my mind that I can't let that bother me. I've just got to go on with it, and most of the time it fits. Now, if you're a true over-the-road driver or out more, more, out on the road more than being home, you know, I could see where, you know, you're going you're gonna to take your resets out on the road. What do you mean resets? So after a 70-hour work week, however that might fall, you can stop for 34 hours, uh, take 34 hours off in the sleeper or off-duty, and reset your hours to zero. And in my operation, that kind of happens automatically every week because I'm home every week. Yep. So when you say more over the road, to me, you are over the road, but how contrast what you're doing with what you call the true over the road guys. So what do they do? Yeah. So me being home every week, I cover a big area. And so that's kind of why I'm thrown into the over the road and I am gone. I'm gone more than overnight, but I guess in, maybe that's more in my mind. <laughs> the true, what I would call true over the road is are the guys that are out for two, three, four, five, whatever weeks at a time. Okay. You know, running clear across, back and forth across the country and doing that. They're they're not home. You know, they might run six weeks and then go home for a week or whatever like that. Interesting. So those guys, they really have to concern them. And by the way, they're probably on, I'm guessing, they're not on the same load all the time. So they're just, are they more likely to be picking up spot freight? Correct. Yeah. Every load will be different to and from a different place. Yeah, so that brings a lot of challenges. Probably interesting, but uh, a lot of challenges because you're you got to get familiar with all the people, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, some of this seems to me like when you work for a big company, you know, successful company. Well, Ruan's been around what ninety years. They told me the other day. Yep, celebrating ninety this year. <laughs> you are planning things out or they're planning things out with you, right? So say, here's what you're going to do. They're not going to put you in a place where you go, oh my God, I'm two hours from dropping off and I'm out of hours. That's, that's you plan it, but they also plan it. So if you hit delays, you go, okay, here's the, here's plan B, right? Right. Yep. Most of us at Ruon are dedicated to a particular customer. So that's a lot easier to manage the hours of service in that situation versus like the over the road guys where they're hauling different stuff all the time. Right. Dedicated means you more or less work for a customer and do you, do you wear their, do you wear their uniform or? I do not. I wear Ruan uniform. And does it on the side of the truck, does it say their name or does it say Ruan? The truck says Ruan and the trailer. Well, we pull customer trailers, so they say their name. Yep. I've, I, I've said it before is like Ru, Ruan is uh 
they're not the only dedicated carrier, but as a dedicated carrier, a lot of times you have the the trailer says the company name on it, who you're serving, mm-hmm. and even people with the uniforms. So you don't know there's very large trucking companies that are dedicated, Ruan being one of them, where most of the trucks don't say their name on them, right? That's correct. Most of them. Uh, we do have a few where they are branded with the customer. I'm, I'm not familiar with all how all that pans out. <laughs> it gets worked out, right. but it's like it's like it's like Intel. It's like Intel inside, right? So, yeah, uh, it's Ru- Ruan, Ruan inside. Yeah, but uh, you know, I've joked. I joked with somebody, but it's it's really no joke. Is the best capacity in a tight market to me is dedicated trucking where you say these trucks, these drivers are mine and I don't have to find myself in the spot market. I don't have to find myself with people with, I've contracted rates, but they're way below, way below market. So no one's doing them. Right. It's the best way to go. So how bad has weather hit you? I mean, you're here in the mighty Midwest. How bad does weather get to your, affect your job? You know, of course, it's it's different all the time, but the wind for the trailers, we pull a curtain van at my terminal, and uh, the wind has just been horrible. Is that like a Conestoga? Yeah. The difference is, is we have a solid roof, and we just have curtains that open on the sides, where the Conestoga, the whole, the whole thing opens up. Okay, so... So, so they they always side loaded then. Yep. Well, not always. We can dock load too, but most of the time we side load. Yep. So the wind. <laughs> that way, I did not expect you to say that. <laughs> yeah, the wind has just been gee whiz. I don't know if it's all right to say it or not, but they, I was looking at the weather for Wyoming, and they're expecting hundred mile an hour gusts. Whoa! And you got a big kite, I guess, don't yeah, you? Yeah. So you're going to be finding a place to park. You're not going to take that. Yeah, in. So- so in that case, let's just say you're driving and the weather gets bad, whether it's snow or rain or wind, and you pull over. You say, I pulled over. Those don't become your rest hours, right? Unless you say, this, that's it. I'm going to call it a night or call it a day. Those are considered part of your hours of service while you're sitting, right? Well, the way the regulations are now, we can take that as a break. It starts with two hours. If you're off, if you go into your sleeper berth or off duty for at least two hours, then you can consider that as a break and it will lengthen your 14 hour day by that amount. So that 14 hour day, the 11, the 11 I can be driving, the three are either eating rest breaks or loading, unloading. Correct. And you have to you have to press a button. Now, is that ELD? Is that built into your truck? Is it how how do you interact with it? Ours is a, it's a, basically a Samsung tablet that is it has to be mounted, so it's mounted to the dash, and then it communicates with a device that's plugged into the electronics of the truck. So, is there other stuff that you use on that and on that that tablet? I mean, can you communicate but via email and other stuff with using that tablet? Yeah, we have a, a, a company app on there that uh, gives us our load information. We also can do receipts and, and reimbursements through there. Uh, we can do, they're looking at having us do uh, mapping on it eventually. Uh, they, we have Transflow on it, which we don't use that at my place, but for for settlements, CatScale app. So how do you... Um... You mentioned map. How do you how do you get directions? How do you get them right now? They just is that a built in into your system? 
No, it's not. Actually, I have a, I have, and I don't carry it anymore because I've been everywhere, but that I go, that we go to, but I have a big old book of printed directions before we had cell phones and computers and all that <laughs> You're stuff. You're going old school. Yeah, going old school. But no, we, we do do, uh, we do also do cus- uh, job sites occasionally. Oh yeah. And so you about got to call, call and see how to get there because it's not in Google Maps yet. So how bad you mentioned job sites? And you bring me. I'm keep going off on a tangent here, but how bad are job sites to deliver to? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming since you're working with the same customer, you've gotten pretty good at it, right? Yeah, most of them are are real well. You know, they're ready for you. The customer makes you an appointment or or an approximate time of delivery and lets them know what they need to get you unloaded, and it's, it's usually not a problem. I was working with a company that had a lot of job site deliveries, and at least initially, they really struggled. They got better at it. They got really good at it, in fact. But, uh, and I used to say, yeah, it's a it's a temporary location is sometimes the problem. And it and if it's multi-site, they could say, yeah, Dean, I'll meet you there at 3 p.m. when you get there. But they could be a half a mile away working on another building. And that that so getting those appointments, you got to get tight. Yeah. <laughs> and the communication has to be really good because otherwise you get there, no one's there to unload you. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it happens. I mean, breakdown happens. Breakdown of communication does happen. And uh, it's it's not very often. So when you move that Conestoga, or I'm sorry, what do you got? What do you call it? It's not Conestoga. Curtain van. Curtain van. Is curtain van considered like a flatbed? Yes. Is that more challenging to move flatbed freight than it is to move dry van? In in regards to the the fact that we have to tie everything down to the deck, yes, yes. I don't know. I, I like that challenge. I mean, I like something to keep my day interesting every day, and it's interesting every day all right now. Right. Well, that's one of the things I've, I've heard on my podcast, and again, I'm, I'm not living it day to day, is that it is more challenging sometimes to find flatbed drivers because they don't want the responsibility of having to secure the freight and that you just mentioned the load check, getting out and making sure it is all taken care of. I'm assuming I think it probably probably pays more, which it should, because it's more responsibility. Because you've got tons of stuff that can fall off the fall off it if you do it the wrong way, right? Right. Yeah, and and there's so much more to 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 watch. You know, you got to take make sure that your tie down equipment's in good shape. Make sure you do have it tied down properly, because it'll cost you money if 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 you get caught with unsecured product. I've driven around, obviously, I'm, I live in Michigan, so a lot of uh, industrial and heavy equipment moving around. And you ever see that giant coil of steel, like flat, uh, what do they call it? Sheet metal, but it's a roll. And then they have it strapped with chains. And I always look and go, is that chain strong enough to hold that? I know it is. Because <laughs> I've never seen one rolling off the back. But man, if that thing rolled off the back, look out, everybody. We're in a world of hurt. Yeah, every, everything, all, all the chains, all the straps, they have a certain what we call working load limit. And so depending on, you know, how heavy your piece is, you have to have enough chains to tie that down or strapping. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you guys got some real challenges. So one of the other things I want to talk to you about is like, you know, infrastructure. Uh, you know, there's been some talk of infrastructure in the news. Is there, uh, is that infrastructure and toll roads and all that kind of stuff, does that impact your day-to-day in a negative way? 
No, it, it really don't. I mean, there's always going to be roads that need repaired, and and that's we got that's called Michigan. That's the state. Of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, but Michigan doesn't have sole ownership of that one. <laughs> We're number one at one thing. It's bad for roads. <laughs> so, you know, tolls at our company, we have transponders. Uh, so we just drive right on by them and they get paid. So that transponder is on your truck and then it says that, so it identifies your truck and your account and it pays that toll without you having to stop. Correct. Oh, that's slick. I need one of those for my car. I just was, I was just going through Chicago as I told you we were prepping. And there's like six tolls. And I know you mentioned like during COVID that a lot of those things became wireless pay, but you got to register. And I was like, yeah, that's that's where we got to get to. Because sometimes you see those tr- where they huge toll a line and everybody slows down, but it's kind of coming from 75 miles an hour to, you know, a stop really quick. And uh, I think that's, I think they're really dangerous. Yeah. Well, anyway, what I want to do, Dean, is I want to I want to kind of wrap this up, and uh, then I want to talk a little bit about some of these associations that we talked about before we hit, hit record. So we're talking about the Dean Key about the driver's perspective, and we talked a little bit about the driver shortage. We have a driver shortage, guys, as everyone knows, but we have a driver shortage because we really aren't taking good enough care of the drivers. We're not making that a job that anyone wants to go to. Companies like Ruan, guys like Dean, they're staying. You know, generally speaking, we got to we we have to continue to work on this job, and I think we have to all become more aware of hours of service in ELD. And how do we, if if you're driving a truck, you you say you're planning, but you need the people around you, the carriers. I mean, the the carriers, the shippers, the receivers. Everybody needs to take a role in doing better on hours of service and ELD planning, so we don't strand drivers, make their life miserable, the d- detention and delays. We all got to do better planning around that. I think we talked a little bit about health and sleep. Again, if we can enable these guys to live healthy, healthy, active lives while driving these loads, life is going to be better for everybody. You mentioned we talked about home time. You know, obviously that's valuable for some people, less valuable for others. It depends on your individual situations. But you mentioned, Dean, that there are options. If you want to drive, home time shouldn't be a problem. Right. We talk about truck parking. That's, I think, related to sleep and safety. We have to do a better job on that. I forgot the name of the company, but I had the guys creating uh, truck parking apps now okay. on the country. And I think more and more companies are, are are paying attention to that because it is a challenge. Like, how do we make sure these guys have a, a nice, safe, quiet place to sleep? Uh, I want a damn fence around me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> We talked a little bit about infrastructure and tolls and then in ELD and the impact of that. So again, lots, lots going on. <laughs> and uh, final thoughts on this topic, Dean, before we talk a little bit about some of the associations you guys are involved in. You know, I, I guess the one thing that would come to mind is, is it's a great industry. It's treated me well. I, I don't regret being in it, staying in it. It's provided for me and my family and uh, it has for a lot of drivers. So you know, uh, new drivers, you know, we, we sit here and talk about how it used to be and how it is now versus how it is now. But the new drivers don't know how it used to be. So they'll just work with what they have now. So and, and right. I think that can be a good thing as well. Yep. So 
Dean, when we were prepping, you talked a little bit about some of these associations that you're part of. Talk a little bit about the, with the, what you're doing with these associations and the impact they're trying to have. So I, I was recently nominated and, and uh, became, for the American Trucking Association, an America's Road Team Captain. Very honored to be named to that group of elite drivers. Now is that because you're a safe driver? Yes, it, you have to have a safe driving record. So yeah, and they, uh, the American Trucking Association has three different programs that they do share the road, workforce heroes and, uh, their image one truck for, uh, promoting the trucking industry, traveling around the country and, and promoting the trucking industry. So also representing us in Washington, which we yes. need. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're headquartered in Arlington, Virginia, and they have offices in DC. And, and they spend a, a huge amount of time fighting for the industry. Yeah, we need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially now. And uh, what's the – so that that's the American Trucking Association. I'll put a link to the – in the show notes. And what are you doing? What, what are you doing for them? I will start my duties actually this uh, – day after tomorrow. I will be in Sioux City at a three-state uh, – they're calling it a tri-state safety convention. I will be there representing the ATA as a road team captain. Uh, I don't know my duties yet, but we're it's my first event, so I'm anxious to, to learn what I'll be doing. Well, congratulations. I know you must be doing a good job because I'm sure they don't have a whole bunch of dangerous drivers on that part of the, the ATA. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what's the, other, uh, what's the other association that's closer to home for you? I recently became a workforce ambassador for the Iowa Motor Truck Association. And uh, on, a, on a little smaller scale, just within the state of Iowa, we, we'll, where we do promote uh, the trucking industry, all, all the jobs related to the trucking industry. Uh, we have a show trailer and uh, go around and do college visits and, and job fairs for. And you said it's not just for, it's not just for drivers, it's for everybody in this space. Correct. Yep. We, we promote for, you know, everybody in, in the back end, you know, we need, we need dispatchers. We need, you know, all the office folks and technicians and we need dock guys too. Yes, absolutely. That has been, a, I think, a shortage that I've heard about during COVID. Yeah. So th- your mission there is just to attract people to the space, right? Yes, absolutely. So one last thing. Uh, before we wrap this bad boy up, uh, what's what's going on over with you, uh, Ruan? So as we mentioned earlier, they're celebrating their 90th anniversary. 90 years. 90 years, yep. And they, they're going to do a bunch of uh, team member events. Celebrating that, uh, they're continuing to expand. Uh, we, we, already, we have oh, 5,000 employees, 300 locations across the country, and they're always, always Whoa, expanding. How many locations? That. Over 300. Damn. <laughs> that. So yeah. are those terminals, uh, sales offices, all sorts of stuff, huh? So, yeah, different, different situations. We have, we have locations that maybe don't have an office in it that they're managed relo- remotely. So, so we got a combination of all. You guys that. also have warehouses that you manage too. Yep. We do warehousing, contract, cartage. Yeah. And always hiring. <laughs> always hiring. Always hiring. I, I've told the story before, Dean, that, uh, I went to Rouen years ago, and I remember I drove all the way to Des Moines from where I was at. This is in Minnesota. 
And I don't know, I, I, even though they said, you know, downtown, the, downtown Des Moines, I just kept thinking I'm driving to a trucking terminal. I, I just had, I couldn't get out of that, that out of my head. And then they said, yeah, stay at the, the Hyatt, which was next door. And that was developed by Ruan family. And then they're like, yeah, we're, we're on the, ne- we're in this, I don't know, 30, 40 story building. And I was like, well, <laughs> and then it's wonderful. By the way, I I love downtown Des Moines. I liked it a lot. It, I think those mid-sized cities have a lot of, of good places to live. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice down there. I like it as well. Yeah. Anyway, enough of my blather. Dean, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I really support you. I really appreciate you giving us the driver perspective. Because again, I think so many of us talk about drivers, but we it's all abstract. We don't We don't talk to them nearly enough about what's going on in the business. Well, I appreciate being here. It, it's been fun. It's a new experience for me. And uh, just, yeah, it, uh, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be with you. Thank you so much, Dean. We'll have to do it again. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.